This episode is brought to you by Carvana. They'll drive you happy. Carvana has purchased over a million cars from happy customers by giving them an offer within minutes. And they can do the same for you. Carvana will give you a real offer for your car within minutes. Then they'll come to pick up your car and pay you on the spot. So to get a real offer on your vehicle in minutes, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Hello, movie lovers! Welcome to the best damn movie related show here on the internet. This show is as always for Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio. For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the Fast 9 trailer that dropped Friday. Then I'm going to be talking about Destination Wedding. This movie came out in 2018. It's a romantic comedy between Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. I'm going to be talking about that. Then I'm dropping down to a you versus Dexter um, how the characters are kind of similar with each other. Not only that, but even a you review in itself as well and this is actually the netflix show you if you don't know what the show is actually about it's about a serial killer named joe joe is obsessed with people that he actually dates and then he murders them so i'm gonna be talking about that so first off off the bat i just want to go ahead and address the elephant in the room if you will now friday i ended up talking about how much i despised or disliked the trailer now here's the thing i got a bunch of hate mail a bunch of hate messages about how I was being negative about it. Now, here's the thing. I love the Fast and the Furious franchise. I love it as a whole. I understand the ridiculousness of Fast and the Furious. I understand that you have to suspend disbelief with these films. Not only that, but it even reminds you of the 1990s action flicks or 80s uh, action flicks as well. But here's the thing. The thing that I really didn't like was the fact that they actually put Han in the trailer. Now, Here's the thing. If they would have actually surprised people with that whole entire aspect that Han's in there, that would have been pretty cool to actually have and hold it off a little bit. But there's also another reason why I don't like the fact that Han is even in this movie. Number one, with Fast and the Furious 7, which I actually set up the whole entire beef between Jason Statham and Vin Diesel fighting off against each other because of the fact that Vin wanted justice for Han to where it was going to be a whole entire blood fest because Jason Statham killed Han in Tokyo Drift, which also led off with Fast 7, where they're actually going to clash together, where they're actually going to be battling against each other because of the fact what Jason Statham did to Han. And then also, too, in Hobbs and Shaw, he was still beating himself up over the fact that Han is dead and the stuff that he actually did to Han. And, you know, and because of his guilt and everything and stuff like that, they actually redeemed his character which was pretty cool that they actually did that with Jason Statham's character, especially the events that actually happened during the Fast 7 movie. But to put Han in there and everything took away the emotional attachment to that character because don't forget, we actually cried when Han died. You had that emotional attachment to the characters, and that's another thing I have to say too is Fast and the Furious is great when it comes down to their emotional attachment to their characters. Yes, it's cheesy. Yes, it has a lot of action flicks that you actually have to go on ahead and suspend disbelief within their franchise. But as for the emotional attachment to the characters, it actually works well within their universe with the whole entire continuity with what they're doing. And this, on the other hand, with Han being alive, it gets rid of the emotional attachment to the characters. Like, okay, well, he's alive. All that crying that Vin did, all that crying that we did doesn't mean a damn thing because of the fact that he's actually alive. It doesn't do a, uh, it doesn't do a thing. 
for anybody because of the fact that Han is still alive and, you know, because he's still alive, we don't have that whole entire emotional attachment to the character anymore. And also, too, I wonder how that's also going to affect Jason Statham's character, especially whenever he was beating himself up over the fact that he killed Han and everything. And now Han is alive. So I wonder how that's going to actually go over and everything whenever they actually do a Fast and the Furious 10. Whenever they, Because you know they're actually going to do that to where you can actually have continuity with that character because of the fact that Han is alive. And, of course, they're going to try and bring Jason Statham back for Fast 10. If not, that they're just putting Han in there just for the heck of it. And not only that, but even the fact to having John Cena as the evil brother to Vin Diesel was actually forced. The actual dialogue in itself was forced for a trailer. And it also feels kind of like a straight-to-DVD release rather than a theatrical cut. But that's just how I'm looking at it. But another thing, too, that I actually say that I do like about it was the fact you still have your insane... Uh, here's the thing. I was actually eating up the trailer up until the Han stuff. Because here's the thing. I got the... Ins- like I said, you have to suspend disbelief. The insanity of what and Fast and the, the ridiculousness of Fast and the Furious and everything else. And I was eating it all up. Especially the part where you actually have this airplane that ends up taking this other car and is magnetized and takes it off. And, you know, I actually like that that part in that trailer. And not only that, but even whenever they're going on the bridges and everything, and the bridge is actually collapsing in the jungle and stuff like that, and they're jumping off of that, I thought that was actually pretty cool because it is the ridiculousness of what Fast and the Furious is. And it's always over the top. It's always over everything else with the Fast and the Furious franchise. But Han being alive definitely took away everything that I really liked about the trailer and the direction that they were going in. Like I said, I liked the franchise up until this trailer. Uh, It's the direction that they chose to go in is what I don't like about the trailer. Now, the movie could be good and everything, but as for the continuity and the emotional attachment to Han and everything, I just don't know how I feel about it. And not only that, but it also makes me wonder, too, if they're actually going to go the Edris Alba um, whole entire thing, where he's actually going to be a super soldier, if he's going to be a spy. I don't know if they're actually going to be, if this is actually going to be the Han that everybody remembers, or if this is going to be a different iteration of what Han is. And not only that, but I'm everybody's thinking, well, maybe he has a twin. And I'm thinking this is how it's going to go down as far as speculation goes. I'm thinking somebody pulled him out of the car before it actually exploded. Or as he as the car exploded, he actually found himself a way out of there. And then all of a sudden, as he was getting out, the explosion winded up happening, which also caused him to fly forward and something and hit his head to where he was probably in a coma and that's how he winds up being alive but that's just me speculating on how I think Han is still alive but you know I bought into the whole entire fact that you know Han is dead and now all of a sudden he's brought to life don't get me wrong they did it with Liddy and actually for Liddy to be alive actually made sense because of the fact that they actually had to bring Liddy back and that's actually perfectly fine the way they actually did that whole entire thing but with Han, on the other hand, it's a whole entire completely different thing because of the fact that you actually had characters that cried over Han. And then not only that, Jason Statham beating himself up over the fact that Han is dead and he wanted redemption for what he did to Han. And then, of course, you also have Van Diesel who also fought against Jason Statham because of the whole entire thing with Han. 
So that's just my whole entire take on why I didn't like the trailer in itself. But as for the movie and everything, I'm just going to have to wait until it actually comes out. I am still going to go and see this. All my negativities will be checked at the door. But, you know, I actually have to admit, I mean, this trailer just didn't sell me on it. And John Cena was just a replacement for The Rock for him to actually be in it. Because let's just put it out there. He's not the strongest actor when it comes down to certain roles. Even in his comedies, he doesn't really stick the landing when it comes down to his acting levels. He's not like what The Rock is. And I get the fact that, you know, we're talking about two different types of actors and two different kinds of things. But when you look at the way that John Cena actually takes on a role and the way that he carries himself in a role and stuff like that, he just doesn't stick the landing like like it should be. But that's just me on how I feel about it. But let me let me know what you guys think about it. Just because I feel that way doesn't mean that you should feel that way or anything like that. Because everybody interprets things differently whenever they're viewing a trailer. That's what makes movies art. And art is movies. So all movies are subjective. All, all trailers are actually subjective as well. But for me personally, I just don't like the way they set up this trailer. So now I'm going to be moving on to... Uh, the Keanu Reeves Destination Wedding movie. This movie came out in 2018. And what I liked about it, what I wanted to do was, I wanted to watch this movie because of the fact I wanted to see the chemistry between Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves. Don't forget, Keanu Reeves actually played in a chick flick back in the 90s and everything too. And it was called The Walk in the Clouds. And I really enjoyed that movie. And it's actually underrated. If you haven't seen that movie, check it out. I'm not sure if it's on Amazon Prime or anything like that. But I did watch this on Amazon Prime. And, you know, I just didn't care for the way they actually did this movie. And I know that I seem like I'm being negative on two different things here. But, you know, Whenever I was expecting this, I knew that they that we had two characters that didn't really get along. And Keanu Reeves plays this guy named Frank, and Renona Ryder plays this girl named Lindsay. They meet on their way to a destination wedding. They soon discover they have a lot in common. They both hate the bride, the groom, the wedding, themselves, and each other. As the weekend events continually force them to, to be together, their cheerlessness immediately isolates them from... Other guests, Frank and Lindsay, find it find that if you verbally spar with someone long enough, anything can happen. And, you know, usually whenever a movie, uh, like a romantic comedy or whatever, you can actually tell that there's chemistry there. But between Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder, the chemistry just doesn't land. I don't know if it's the writing or anything like that within the movie itself. But the movie, but it just doesn't land well. And not only that, but... Even when you have that George Clooney movie and Michelle Pfeiffer, One Fine Day, there is still chemistry there. And yes, they are still yelling at each other. They don't really get along that well. But you can tell that there's just something there. There's just that spark between the actor and actress. And with this, it just doesn't hit the mark. Even whenever they actually fall in love, there's actually no line there where they where I can actually feel like that they're actually in love with each other where they actually want to be together and to me it just feels like these two miserable people just want to be with each other because of the fact that they're miserable people that's just how I feel about how I actually took it 
But, you know, I just don't didn't care for this movie. I was really hoping that this movie would have landed well. Because I like Hannah Reeves. I like Winona Ryder. I like him in action movies. And I also liked him in that uh, Walk in the Clouds movie as well. Because I thought he did a really good job with, the, with that kind of chick flick movie. But with this rom-com, which is a romantic comedy, it just doesn't land well. Everything feels forced. Even the dialogue is really, I have to say, is really cringeworthy if you will and oh not only that but it's just not that great of a movie at least in my opinion and that's why i can't actually recommend this movie for anyone to actually watch because of the fact of the um the cringy dialogue not only that but it just seems like they're there just to go on ahead and be with each other being for the sake of being with each other and I really didn't care for it. They're both very negative in their own personalities. And also, too, you know, one of my friends actually clocked out of watching this movie at 30 minutes. I stuck with it. And I wish I actually went on ahead and did what they did, which was clocked out with without watching the rest of it. But to do this review, I wanted to go on ahead and hope that the movie would actually smooth out its edges within the movie itself and it just doesn't do anything so if you're wanting to check out destination wedding it's actually on amazon prime so you can actually watch that movie but i just don't recommend you got checking it out but hey if you guys want to check out that movie go ahead and do so so now i'm going to be doing my you review and it's also going to be a uh joe versus dexter joe is actually the main character in you and that doesn't sound right but <laughs> anyways uh, I'm going to be doing that. So let's go on ahead and talk about you for a minute. So what glued me into you season one was the writing and the way that the chemistry with Joe and Beck and about how he obsesses over Beck was actually really good to the way you can actually feel his obsession. And not only that, but he even has that voiceover thing like Dexter does and stuff like that whenever he's obsessing with somebody. And not only, and not only that, but it also gives you a little bit of a Dexter vibe to it as well. But Joe's in a complete different monster compared to what Dexter is. And I'm going to get that in a few minutes. But... You know, Joe is just an average person. He's an average Joe, no pun intended. And uh, he works at a used bookstore. He falls in love with this girl named Beck. He does this off-the-wall kind of stuff where he's re on the really creepy level compared to what Dexter is. Because when you think of Joe, Joe goes on ahead. He pretty much stalks the um, the woman that he's actually obsessed with. To the point where he's actually cloning the, uh, cloning the number. that he, uh, So the way he can get the text. He steals people's cell phones. And stuff like that. And then only that. But even the people that they're with. And everything. He tries to find a way to intervene. To where he can actually be with the person that he wants to be with. So it was on that kind of creepiness. That I actually fell in love with the show. And you know. I really have to say the writing is very creative and only that, but it's also based on off of a novel, which I had no clue about. One of my friends, Jade, told me about that. And you know what? I'm actually thinking about picking up the book and actually checking that out. But, you know, as for the TV show itself, it actually works pretty well. And now I'm going to do the whole entire thing where Dexter versus Joe. So... Dexter and Joe are both like like killing people, though Dexter openly admits how much he loves chopping up someone's flesh and chopping up their body. Joe seems to deny it to himself, calling his kills accidents or something that he had to do. 
So, and like I said, Joe, I'm going to be calling Joe Sloppy Joe because of how bad he is at killing somebody. Because Dexter himself is really good at stalking his prey, not, not letting people notice him or anything like that as well. But I'm going to get into that in a few minutes too. When you look in both of their eyes, when they, when they capture and feel like that they're providing justice by murdering them, Dexter is more cleaner with his kills. Joe isn't like Dexter. His re his realization uh, killing of killing people, Dexter, um, Dexter's his killing down to where he can control it. He does feed his dark dark passenger the urge inside him that makes him want to kill. He also follows a code only kill bad people. Dexter does his research on his victims before deciding who to kill to make sure that they deserve it. In his eyes. Joe, on the other hand, rationalizes his kills in a warped and nonsensical way. For example, when someone gets in his way of the person that he loves, they have to go. They have to go. In his eyes, he's doing the person that he loves a favor because now he can show that person what real love is. And then, like Dexter, you know, they actually keep souvenirs. Joe actually keeps souvenirs, just like Dexter keeps souvenirs. For example, of the people uh, of the people that he actually kills, Dexter keeps a box of blood slides of his victims because he was a blood splatter analyst for Miami Metro Police Department. Meanwhile, Joe keeps a box of personal items that belongs to his victims, such as underwear, teeth, and cell phones, to pretend that his victims are alive. And that's another level, a whole new level of creepiness to Joe. And you know what? I believe that if Dexter actually went on ahead and dug through Joe's background. I believe that Dexter would want be the one to try and take him down because of how creepy Joe actually is. And he would actually want to stalk his prey. Even though Joe may not even have a background or anything like that, a criminal background. But Dexter has a sixth sense when it comes down to learning about somebody and stuff like that. And learning somebody new. So I think that he would actually be the one to take down Joe. But anyways, um... Like I said, as I mentioned before, Joe gets infatuated with women. Dexter married Rita because he wanted to look like a normal person. Although he did fall for certain women now and then, his real love was killing. Joe, on the other hand, chooses a woman and obsesses over her with all of the kills related to his desire to protect her. He uses his own past with his mother and woman to justify his killing, while Dexter uses women to hide the fact that he kills. Like Dexter, he was a method. He uses a method. Every kill for Dexter was the same. He would inject the person to knock them out and transport them to his kill room, where he would take off their clothes and strap them to a table using plastic wrap to make for an easy cleanup. He would wait for them to wake up and explain his reasons why that they're strapped to the table and also to looking at all the things that they've actually done to people that they actually killed and murdered. So that was Dexter's way of actually handling things. Joe, on the other hand, wasn't at, uh, as methodical at his, with his kill room. His plexiglass is where he would keep some of his victims. And his plexiglass was actually, I want to say too, with this as well, with him being in a used bookstore and it was actually owned by somebody else, I could definitely tell that the bookstore owner that took in Joe was actually trying to teach him a code and stuff like that as well, like Harry Todd Dexter. And it just didn't work out the way the way Dexter's code actually works. 
And a matter of fact, Joe even got locked into the plexiglass himself back when he was a kid with the bookstore owner. So I'm thinking that, you know, he was actually trying to teach him a code on how to actually handle his bizarre behavior and how to actually handle killing somebody rather than just going off the loose end like he ha did in the first two seasons. But, you know, it just backfired on the way that um, he was going to try and teach him how to kill somebody. But that's just my perspective on that whole entire situation. And like I said, Joe can't control his kills. Dexter's learned to follow the code. As I mentioned before, his father taught him a code to find bad people to kill when he fell through, when he fell through. Even though he broke his code and couldn't control his urges, he followed it in the most part. Joe kills in the heat of the moment in a fit of rage that acts like it was an accident and he didn't mean to do it. He doesn't own his kills, but instead and real, uh, rationalizes them as something that he had, had to be done. And like Dexter, he knows how to be charming. Both characters know how to be how to put on a charming and likable face so that that not only perfectly blend into society, but they also stand out as people that are drawn to. Joe has a better handle on the whole idea of being normal, while Dexter often struggles with the right way to respond to certain situations and when and how to show his emotions. Joe does a better job at showing emotions. They both seem to fly under the radar and seem like everyday av average Joes. And not like Dexter, he suffered abuse as a child. Even though Dexter's childhood wasn't happy, he wasn't abused like Joe. Dexter's mom got caught up in the drug world, but then started working with the police and winded up ha having a relationship with Harry Morgan, Dexter's father. She was killed in a uh, in front of Dexter when she was a baby when he was a baby. And not only that, but get this, they actually despise most people. Both characters seem like they both love sharing small talk, friends and co-workers, but neither character likes people very much. Dexter is very close with his sister and son, but that's about it. And you know what? The girl that he that Joe obsesses with and everything, I'll even have to own up to this. Like you can tell that he really doesn't like the girl's girlfriends at all because he'd rather isolate himself with the girls. Not only that, but even some of the girls would actually pick up on his creepiness to the point where he would actually isolate himself or make her part of the problem between the relationship him and the girl actually have and stuff like that too. But I actually have to admit, there is one girl that on season one that I really didn't like as a character because I thought she was really stuck up. And even though she actually figured out how he was, just her mannerisms and everything else to me was a very, she was a very stuck up person. But, you know, Joe once again strikes again. And I'm not even going to tell you how that was actually handled. But like I said before, uh, Joe, on the other hand, feels more obsession than love towards whatever woman he's pursuing at the time. If he had a choice, he would spend every day, they would spend every day together, cooped up inside without talking to anyone else. He can't stand to spend time with his girl, girlfriend's friends or annoying co-workers. Joe doesn't have easy access to information like Dexter has, considering he was a blood spider analyst for Miami Metro who had access to criminal criminal data who had a access to a criminal database joe who is a low-level bookstore employee he had to find other ways to get information and didn't do a good job cleaning up and that's also what makes him a sloppy joe 
Uh, like I said before, he steals cell phones or putting or putting spyware on them, and he rashes out rationally, like I said before, to the point where he actually goes into the whole entire rage bit for a while and then kills the person. And he actually admits, and he doesn't admit to his kills or anything, like I mentioned. And he also is in com- complete deniability about why he kills some people as well. And, you know, like I said, the writing for this show is really good. If you haven't checked out You, I strongly recommend watching both season one and season two. They're both great. The writing in it is fantastic. It kept me on the edge of my seat the whole entire time of me watching it. And this is actually the first show that I actually watched where I ended up watching it continually without taking any breaks, which is rare for me because usually I'll go on ahead and I'll take a breather or two. But with this show, it was just bam, bam, bam. It just knocked you all the way through where you can watch season two. And then season two throws you for a loop as well. When you think you have one thing figured out, there's actually something else going on in it. The The show is fantastic. So if anything, I strongly recommend that you guys actually check out to show you and if you like the comparison with dexter as well let me know if you like that but i have dexter coming out as the winner versus joe joe is actually the sloppy person in this whole entire thing i believe that dexter would be out and about trying to find him like i mentioned before and joe would be on the table himself and then he would actually have pictures of the people that he actually killed and then he would actually chop Joe's body parts off and throw them into the ocean. Versus Joe, he just goes on ahead and throws them anywhere that he can actually find, or he just leaves the body laying there like an idiot. But all in all, this movie, this TV show is fantastic. I strongly recommend it. And until next time, bye-bye.